Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Girl Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, DeForest Norskis, Lodi Blue Devils, and Pointette Pumas. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have Sun Prairie East and West, Marshall, and Waterloo. Episode 61. We are officially in the playoffs now, boys. Uh, Finally. We can light up those victory cigars for getting through this long uh, regular season. I know it's a smoke-free building in here, but you know if you guys want to light one up, you can. So. I may do it just because. Just I bought some candy cigarettes on the way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just uh, an exciting week, exciting seasons. I mean, it's just a lot of fun stuff. And I think what's nice about the playoffs is we can finally, like, kind of start seeing, like, you know, some of these state-ranked teams. You know, Peter, I know with, like, Wanakee and Lodi, they've just been a buzzsaw through everybody. <laughs> so it's kind of been, you know, uh, same old, same old. But now it's mm. like we can kind of start seeing how well, you know, these teams will look once we get into the playoffs. Uh, I think he might be only winning by 20 from now on. It's going to be be real tough for them. Yeah, (laughs) their backups are going to get less points. That's a shame. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I think next week we'll probably um, touch a little bit about the individual state tournaments that will be happening Mm -hmm. next week, but also, too, we'll go back and talk state golf, state tennis, Mm -hmm. because right now we still have a lot of teams to talk about, and then probably by then next week there will be less stuff to talk about. Yep. We had two teams that didn't qualify and then a couple of teams that were able to get in. So we'll see what happens for this first level one playoffs. But we want to talk, though, about week nine first. We'll talk about some of the teams that didn't get into the playoffs. Uh, Peter, I'll start with you. Poinette, unfortunately, had a chance to get on the bubble, uh, yeah. but they did not. So their season comes to an end. Yeah, uh, they had a, a tough season. Uh, I believe they finished uh, uh, what was it, two and five or something like that, um, and with one of the wins being a forfeit, and the other one being a seven to six thriller. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, was, it was a tough season for Poinette. Uh, they they had a, a really good uh, defensive team this year, um, led by Jackson Geithner. Um, and Julian Sanger kind of came on uh, late in the year, uh, getting a lot of interceptions. Um, so maybe there's some hope for the future there. Um, they had some injuries. Uh, I know Carter Peterson was a strong two-way player uh, for them, was linebacker and running back, and he got injured, I believe, mid-season. So that took a little bit of the wind out of their sails. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Ashton Meister was kind of, uh, you know, trying to find his way at quarterback uh, a lot of the year, um, but finished up a, you know, a pretty solid season there, but uh, they just really couldn't find uh, an identity on offense, um, kind of struggled in the running game, but, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they'll be able to turn around next year. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the mindset I have with the Deerfield Demons. They unfortunately lost to uh, Fall River Rio to close out the regular season. Tough weather conditions. Uh, Deerfield kind of yeah. likes to throw the ball and mm-hmm. Uh, had a couple drops, uh, but, you know, I thought Austin Anderson had a really strong year at quarterback. Uh, sometimes he was really under duress, uh, but still had a couple good moments. They have Zach Hansen coming back, uh, who is just an offensive playmaker. They'll have Will Bratley coming back, which when I talked with Coach Swieger, um, after the game on Friday night, he had just kind of mentioned, you know, like, once we lost Will, that was a really tough blow for the run game. Uh, so getting him back on the defensive and offensive line will help. They also get a bunch of guys coming back on the offensive line. Uh, and then, yeah, they got a couple other uh, key players, I think, maybe from JV that could make that jump to varsity. And I expect them to have some fun because I do believe then they go to the Eastern Suburban. I do believe 
that would be yeah, next year. Poina so. and Deerfield yeah. would be going to the Eastern Suburban. Mm-hmm. Poinette's going as well. I didn't know that. I believe so. I think so. I'll have to recheck on that. Yeah, I just remember sure. we did a deep dive. I know. And then I, I had to do another deep dive over the summer. <laughs> and at this point, with like between high school and college, I'm so over conference realignment. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, need, yeah like, I can keep up with it. Yeah. I need like a two week break from mm. it. So, yeah, that should be a lot of fun, at least with the Eastern Suburban. I think there'll be some good teams there. And yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Deerfield. Mm. Uh, so then going to another team that. Got to get into the playoffs, but boy, they decided to sweat it out and have to wait for that Saturday to get on the bubble. Sun Prairie West gets into the playoffs, though. Oh, my goodness. Uh, (laughs) I went and stood in the rain for this game, (laughs) and Sun Prairie West is on the road facing an Oregon team that hadn't won in the Badger Lards this year, and the Wolves said, you know what, you should finish the season with one, and they give them a 19-17 win. (laughs) Oh, my, just... My head is in my hands right now, just thinking about this game because, <laughs> you know, the the Wolves should have won, and I don't like to use the cop out of weather, but you really can kind of dial it up to that. They had a couple uh, special teams blunders, um, one force, one unforced. They went for an onside kick for whatever reason early in the first quarter, and it led to an immediate score for Oregon. Like I think Oregon got the ball on their own forty nine, and the next play ran a play up the middle and scored a fifty one yard <laughs> rushing touchdown. Um, but, and then they had a, a, a punt mishap where, you know, long high school, long snappers are usually a little bit suspect to begin with. And then, uh, but that, that luck also bounced back in West favor in West favor in the third quarter when they were trying to make the comeback, when Oregon snapped it into their own end zone on a punt and then West jumped on it for a touchdown. Uh, but even that wasn't enough, uh, West only led by three to zero in the first quarter on their first drive after a field goal and then trailed the rest of the game, um, uh, tough game from then. Uh, Oregon, great rushing attack. They get a homecoming win and their first conference win on, you know, the last game of the season. So props to them. But uh, as one would expect, West's passing game was just non-existent in this in this matchup. And rushing attack did what it, what it could. Isaac Asaba is kind of establishing himself as like a fourth head in that uh, in in that solid running back room for them. But obviously, just not enough. And it uh, they limp into the playoffs. They they are a Division One team this year. They went up a bit in, in, in enrollment, and they're competing with the big dogs. And so um, the way I put it in the article is, uh, hey, there's good news and there's bad news. So the Wolves are in the playoffs. The bad news is they're an eight seed, and they're traveling to Sussex Ham- Hamilton, number three team in the state, uh, one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in, in the state. Um, so, hey, you got in, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to take some real David Goliath, Goliath stuff to get to level two this year. Well, you know, when I went to Cambridge and I talked with head coach Rob Nellis, one of the things he did point out, and, you know, Sun Prairie West is only their second year in existence, mm-hmm. they get one more week of practice. That, yeah, it's huge, is, yeah. That's that is great big point. for a program. So, And, you know, it gives the seniors a nice little send-off. You get one more week at least, you're guaranteed, and then you never know what will happen. I mean, Verona got bounced last year, and we all thought, you know, Verona was going to be a potential state caliber team. true. So we got to see what happens. Also, Shout-out to all my teams, though. Four for four making the playoffs, second year in a row. Let's go. (laughs) Hands up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And also props to Oregon, too. I'm sure their, their mindset going into the game was it's homecoming. Let's try to get a conference win, and let's play spoiler. Yeah. Yep. And um, they did just that, yeah. So props to them. Also, too, yeah, when I was looking at the Badger Large, also, too, I think Watertown had upset Milton. So it was like teams that were trying to get on the bubble or get in <laughs> yep. decided, you know. Uh, Week 9 had some drama in the Badger Large. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was, 
a lot of fun to keep an eye on. Um, and then, yeah, I guess for me, I was also at Monona Grove versus Fort Atkinson. Uh, Silver Eagles just rolled in this one. I mean, I kind of figured the... Yeah, we talked the, about that last week. The, the weather, the weather. I was like, this is going to probably play right into the hands. Just run the ball mm-hmm. with Gavin Hobowitz, and that's what they did again. Uh, he almost had 200 yards rushing, I believe, four touchdowns. Uh, so, you know, he ran for 200 yards and four touchdowns last year <laughs> against Fort Atkinson. So, again, this year just... Uh, does the exact same thing, so a nice little uh, send-off for all the kids uh, for a homecoming win on senior night, and also to the uh, state team from a couple of years ago uh, that went undefeated was also in attendance as well, too. So a lot of stuff that was going on, but the Silver Eagles went out, handled business. Uh, they get Nicolay in the first round, and I think that it's a matchup when I look at it. It's two teams that are like very eerily similar. And mm. if I was going to be at this game, it'd be a lot of fun because I'm, I've turned over the years big. You got to win the line of scrimmage to win football <laughs> games. Yeah. This is just going to be a battle of the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Monona Grove uh, has a great experience offensive line led by the six foot nine uh, Sam Hawker, who has a couple of potential walk on opportunities at D1 schools. Um, and then also, too, Jacob Bonjour, uh, Max Sisler, a couple other guys that are on the line as well, too, have had really strong years. Uh, that helps propel the running attack of Habowitz, but also to Cal Moreau uh, has stepped up uh, as a sophomore quarterback as kind of a dual threat a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, just has spread the ball around really well. Cal Worth has a couple touchdown receptions. Isaiah Herb has a couple touchdown receptions. Uh, Preston Humer and Joe Otto Warden uh, as well, too. So th- there's a lot of pieces. Last year when they went into the uh, playoffs, they were kind of a little bit more run heavy. Uh, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. But this year, I feel like if they get a little stopped on the run game, they can definitely throw the ball as well, too. So I think that's going to be a fun matchup. But also, too, defensively, you know, they got uh, Will Kinnick as well, too, who's a very solid edge rusher. Uh, Tyler Donker's good, has a couple interceptions. Caden Connor as well, too. Chase Yinko is one of the leading tacklers on the team. So when I look at them to Nicolay, a lot of just similarities. Nicolay has a really strong runner. I believe the uh, kid's name is Ben Ott, uh, running back with uh, 20 touchdowns on the season, but also, too, plays linebacker, leads the team in tackles, so just all-around solid football player. And also, too, they have uh, a defensive lineman who has nine sacks on the year, so it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how this offensive line of Monona Grove goes up against that defensive line of Nicolay. And then, you know, vice versa as well, too. Can mm-hmm. the Silver Eagles stop the running game? So it's just basically going to be whoever can do what they do best better <laughs> yep. than Nicolay. Which, by the way, in the preview that I wrote, which go check that out online, because, uh, you know, I went to Monona Grove High School and chatted with some of the students and, you know, uh, Coach Beckwith as well, too. Uh, basically, what I tried saying was both teams are really good at what they do. Whoever can do it best is going to win. So mm-hmm. that's probably how I should have worded it. I probably worded it a lot worse <laughs> in the article, but that's okay because I wrote that late last night. So yep. I'm also still in the process of writing the McFarland one. So once this gets published, it's on a Thursday. If you're one of the first <laughs> viewers of this episode, it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming, all right? Uh, but, yeah, another team, though, in the Badger Small that is going to the playoffs is the DeForest Norskis, Peter. Yeah, and I, I just uh, turned in my previews before 
I got here. So. Oh, well, aren't you better at time management than I am? And I finished them all I last just, night. I just so know shortcuts. I know shortcuts being a veteran in this business. That is true. Yes. So, uh, yes, the Norskis uh, made it. Um, they have a long drive ahead of them on Friday. They got to play uh, Lacrosse Central uh, at Lacrosse Central. Um, they got into the playoffs uh, season. Uh, 2023 kind of mirrored that of 2022, not quite, but it was very similar. Uh, both teams lost their first three games. Uh, last year, DeForest went on a seven-game winning streak. This year, they lost one <laughs> after mm-hmm. that, but basically, it was it was kind of it was very much uh, similar. Uh, but it was a, a really a, an interesting um, year for the Norskis because a lot of that, especially on offense, it was a team that was really trying to grow up. You know, they had a, a new quarterback in Mac, Max Mitchell who really definitely found his footing by the end of the year. Had some huge games. Um, and, and, you know, he, he really did a good job of replacing Mason Keys, who, you know, went to um, uh, University of Minnesota Duluth um, and had been a star quarterback, one of the better ones in the state for a few years. And uh, running back Jalen Carter um, just uh, kind of kept on running harder and harder as the season went on. Uh, started having a few more 100-yard games, finished up the year the regular season with a 100-yard game. And uh, but really, probably the biggest thing was the offensive line uh, of all underclassmen really coming around and growing up. So uh, uh, they've they've uh, got themselves righted and and maybe you know looking good for the future uh, too with uh, a lot of those uh, you know definitely the offensive line and Jalen Carter. I believe Max Mitchell is a senior though, so um, they may have to <laughs> find another QB. But um, and then on defense, uh, it, it's really the the improvement has just been a matter of turning up the aggressiveness. Um, uh, and DeForest has uh, gotten better as the season gone, has gone on. Uh, they held their last three opponents to under 20 points. So, uh, um, you know, kudos to the DeForest uh, defense uh, this year. They got a tall order to play uh, Lacrosse Central. They went six and one in the Mississippi Valley Conference and eight and one during the regular season. Uh, their lone loss was a one point loss to Onalaska. So, um, a, a tough, tough uh, road there and. If DeForest somehow gets <laughs> past that one, it's going to get even tougher because they'll uh, the chances are they'll probably play Wanakee in the next round. Yeah, they lost two to start the season. Yep. And I mean, a lot of people so far have looking at some of the you know predictions on Wisports, Sports. A lot of people just kind of penciling in Wanakee versus Kettle Moraine yeah. uh, in that Division Two title game. Yeah. Uh, and Wanakee gets to stay in Division Two this year as well, too. Yeah, that's big. That's big. Um, yeah, going up to Division One, you know. Uh, Fighting all those big time schools was yeah. was a tall order last year. Uh, not that they you know wanted to you know they wanted the challenge and they, they took it. But uh, yeah, probably the most interesting thing that happened to Wanaki this week was watching that Kettle Moraine Muskego uh, score. Uh, Kettle Moraine wins by a point, eight to seven. Um, Kettle Moraine is the number one team in Division One. Wanaki is number one in, or number two in, in Division Two, and uh, you know the Warriors uh, they took care of business again on Friday. Um, some of the you know uh, kind of the shine of that game was uh, kind of removed. Uh, so they were playing Beaver Dam, who was without uh, star running back Gabe Clatt. Yep. Um, so uh, Wanaki took care of them uh, pretty easily. Um, it's been quite a year for the Warriors. I mean, they've they've That's just rolled. Yeah. I, they've outscored opponents. 451 to 34 
Nobody has scored a point on their starting defense. Um, Vance Johnson just take take took the starting quarterback position by the horns, completing 75% of his passes for 15 touchdowns, 1,300 yards. And they had that stable of running backs of Ben Lindley, Sebastian Rasmussen, and Sullivan Scadden. And then they've got receivers galore, led by uh, David Emmerich, uh, who's had a few hundred-yard games this year. And the offensive line has been dominant. And then you look across the other side of the ball, they've been just as dominant, um, putting up all kinds of shutouts. Uh, they, they're, they have playmakers on all three levels. Their special teams is buttoned up. It's just, it's really hard to find a weakness. Uh, the one interesting thing about uh, this game coming up with Holman and talking to Coach Pat Rice is that uh, he said Holman does present some unique challenges. And the biggest one is that Holman is an option team. And Oof. Wanaki is not faced an option team this year. So mm. that could make things interesting. But uh, um, they're led by Noah Ertz, who has uh, 553 yards on the ground. But they've got uh, three other guys with over 300 yards rushing. So um, And they don't throw it much. Um, <laughs> so that'll be uh, interesting. But that Wanaki run defense, is, it's tough to penetrate. So, uh, you know, Wanaki is, is, you know, prime for a deep run. Yeah, absolutely. Also, too, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Monona Grove does have to travel to Nicolay uh, as well, too. Uh, I just wanted to point that out as well, too. Ryan, uh, you've got some teams that uh, have some home games as well, too, and then a couple teams that are on the road. So I guess you can kind of pick whoever you want to chat about first. That we'll, stay, we'll stay in that D2 bracket. We'll, we'll touch on East first. I like it. Um, because what a draw the Cardinals got. Oh, my goodness. Because you look through the one seeds in D2, there's Wanaki, there's Kettle Moraine, there's Kakana, and there's Milwaukee King. And you better believe that Sun Prairie East got the bracket with Milwaukee King as the one, <laughs> meaning Sun Prairie East is the one seed yeah. in that bracket. Like it's a, I mean, Milwaukee King played Nicolay in the regular season and they lost 34 to 0 to him, and Nicolay's the three, King's the one. I mean, yeah. Do with that what you will. They won the Milwaukee <laughs> Conference, but um, Sun Prairie East is the one seed in their portion of the bracket. Um, they're starting off with a home game against Hartford uh, in in level one, and you you want you talked about uh, Peter did about um, DeForest see, seeming like almost the same as last season. How about this for Sunbury East last year, uh, seven and two overall, six and one in the in the Badger Large with losses in McGuanago and Wanakee, and then they went out twenty twenty three, seven and two overall, six and one in the Badger <laughs> Large, losses in McGuanago and Wanakee, and they went out and. Last year was more dominant with that win-out streak where they just rolled all those Badger-Large teams. Obviously, this year we talked about how they kind of struggled with Milton. They uh, let some teams into games late where they shouldn't have just because the JV maybe isn't um, as deep as it typically was. But uh, East really has spanked Watertown, and then last week was Stoughton 53-6 with their uh, regular season finale. And, you know, it's great to see Drew Cavanaugh touching on all cylinders playing quarterback for them. I mean... There's been games and portions during the season where the, the completion percentage isn't where you want to see it. Uh, in that Stoughton game, 9 for 10, 150 yards, four touchdowns. Doesn't get much better than that. Um, you know, it's uh, Connor Stoff has really been destroying opposing defen- defensive backfields this year, too. The That, that kid's going to make whatever college he commits to a very happy for, to have him as a slot receiver. He had a 102 yards and two touchdowns on only five catches against Stoughton, if that shows how uh, impossible he was to cover. Uh, but, you know, it, going back to the original point, what a great draw it is for the Cardinals. I mean, Hartford round one, uh, you can go online and read the uh, 
the preview I had for them, um, don't know if that's really a team that uh, if the Orioles really stack up to the Cardinals as far as um, what they what their strengths have been this year, both on offense and defense. It's um, looks like it'll be a tough one for them. And then uh, the winner of Nicolay Minota Grove awaits in the next round. And so I think that's when things really start to get real for them. If Sunbury East wins in level one, they'll again be at home in level two. It's a huge advantage for them, especially if Nicolay has to come all the way out here or if um, – Minota Grove has to make the short drive if they pull that upset, but um, uh, we we saw how that how that song and dance went the first time. So Sun Prairie East has to like where they are, and um, not only from a draw perspective, but from a how they've been playing perspective, they have to like that the that the wheels are rolling and that um, you know there's a path. They can definitely see a path this year. Yeah, absolutely. And then I guess I'll stay on the trend of you know eerily similar results. I mean, again, the <laughs> McFarland Spartans. They start off the year 0-3, and like Peter kind of mentioned with the Forest, a young team that kind of had to grow up a little bit. Uh, they were able to reel off some conference wins. I think they went on a five-game win streak. They unfortunately uh, got blown out by Evansville um, on Friday, so it was a little bit tough sledding again with that weather. Um, but, you know, Evansville looks to be really strong this year. So, you know, I think that's kind of a good measuring stick to see, you know, where they're at and also kind of a good reminder of, hey, this is – why we got to keep executing, you know, be smart on our tackles and everything like that. But, you know, perhaps this uh, McFarland Spartans team, I mean, you start off the year 0-3, blowouts in each game, uh, but against state-ranked teams. I could not have stressed that enough. There are some people Mm -hmm. that were not understanding that you're facing (laughs) three state champion caliber teams. It's going to be tough for a young team to learn that experience. But sure enough, Spartans just kind of figured out some things. They got a couple nice wins against Jefferson, Edgerton, Delvin Darien. They got a uh, forfeit win against East Troy. And guess what? They're in the playoffs. They get, I believe, the five seed, I want to say. Uh, they're going to be on the road against Milwaukee, Washington. Uh, that co-op and that game is going to be played at uh, Milwaukee Vincent High School, I believe. Mm-hmm. I have it down in the paper as Jimmy Bank Stadium. But when you have so many Milwaukee teams, they have to kind of, you know, share some facilities and stuff. So McFarland's game got moved. We went to print on Tuesday at 5. I was at McFarland (laughs) at 6 on that day. I was listening to Paul Ackley tell the kids, hey, that game is not going to be at Jimmy Bank Stadium. And I instantly went, well, that's fantastic to know. I have to make as many corrections as possible. Yep. So if somebody says the game's at Jimmy Bank's because it's in the paper, it's not. It's at Milwaukee (laughs) Vincent. But... Uh, A couple of things, though, that's worked out good for the Spartans as well, too. Uh, They've got a nice run game going as well, too, which complements the quarterback play of senior quarterback Raylan Roeder and kind of, you know, helps give them a little bit more balance. Andrew Malley has ran the ball really well. And uh, when I talked with Caden Westfall, one of the senior offensive linemen uh, who was all-conference last year, will probably be all-conference again this year, uh, basically he just kind of was talking about how they're starting to drive kids into the dirt now, which is a perfect – motto to have as an offensive lineman just drive people and that you're going to be successful so you know if they can keep this little balance going of you know rotor being good with completions getting the ball down the field but also to able to take time off the clock then also too defensively if they're able to continue to be improving you know if they're not like light the doors off your defense but like if they're just sound and you know bend don't break I think they've got a chance to, you know, potentially get an upset here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know too much about Milwaukee, Washington. You know, uh, Coach Ackley really didn't know too much either. It sounds like they have a two-quarterback system. So that's going to be mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, maybe they ride the hot hand on one or 
Uh, we'll have to see what happens there. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, uh, who comes out of that, because the winner of that will most likely have to face Monroe, uh, who McFarland faced earlier in the year. So we'll have yep. to see what happens there. Uh, also, Ryan, though, uh, another team, though, with another strong year, the Marshall Cardinals. They are in the playoffs as well, too. Yeah, someone should have told the playoff committee that they had such a strong year. Marshall comes into the playoffs I, I as, a th- as a three seed. You Ooh. can't argue with the computer. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the computer, but, again, you kind of need to have a human there to be like, hmm, this seems kind of weird. I don't yeah. know. I argue with computers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of our job. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. Touche, Peter. <laughs> yeah, Marshall goes 8-1 and one this season, 6-1 and one in, in conference with the, with the conference championship. Their only loss comes to Cambridge where all three of their senior team captains get hurt mid-game and uh, and they fall likely from a one seed to a three seed for it. So um, I guess the, the, the moral of the story is win your games, kind of <laughs> bereft of um, details or any kind of uh, explainers like that. But um, the, the Cardinals still have a pretty easy one ahead of them with, uh, with Howard's Grove. This is a team that finished sub-500 this year. They went three and four in uh, what wasn't the strongest Big East conference ever. Um, uh, the, the Cardinals are still hoping for um, full health, though. Matthew Modell hasn't played in the last two weeks since the since the Cambridge game. Uh, Braden Klubertans is now strictly defense with the uh, club on his broken right hand. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be uh, carrying the ball with that. Uh, Peyton Gundelak is back uh, pretty much in full force. He had a great game against Marcus Ann. I guess I should touch on that, too. Uh, Cardinals whip uh, the, the Hornets 27-6. It was 21-0 at halftime. Uh, Coach Kleinheit said it's one of their best defensive performances they've had this year. As I've been saying, Marcus ain't very young this year. They will eventually be very good, but this is a lot of freshmen and sophomore on the varsity, specifically offense. But Marshall hit really hit all their strides defensively, and you know it's been a, a mixed bag of, of who kind of carries the, the weight offensively. Uh, if, if you watch Marshall, Marshall basketball, Kenyon Miggins had a big receiving touchdown in this game, so... Uh, Good to see him getting some uh, gridiron shine. Uh, Marshall level one against uh, Howard's Grove. This is a team that, you know, has struggled this year. And so Marshall will, you know, be looking to remain healthy and move on to what will likely be a huge 3-2 matchup against St. Mary's Springs in level two. Yeah, absolutely. And staying within the Eastern Suburban, Waterloo unfortunately loses to Horicon Horicon Husteford. But, uh, you know, the Pirates are still in the playoffs, though. Yeah, you know, they really wanted that one. If they would have beaten Houston, they would have had a chance to share the uh, the co-conference championship with Marshall. That would have looked really sweet on their wall. But uh, a very improved Houston team wins 36-20 in Week 9. And so the Marsh Falcons get that get that bragging right for this season. Um, Pirates, uh, who do they have? Okay, they have, they have a five seed, and they'll be on the road against Cedar Grove, Belgium. Pretty tough draw. Cedar Grove, Belgium is... Uh, is better than a four seed, you know. Um, that, that's a very solid football team, and so being on the road in the Sheboygan area for the Pirates is not going to be easy, but if there's anything I've talked about with those class of 24 seniors, it's that this is the year that they've been waiting for, so, you know, now it's prove-it time. If they get past them, then they'll have to be at, at number one Kiwani, so it's, um, you know, it's put-up time for them, and um, hopefully that Week 9 loss leaves a 
bitter taste, and they come out real fired up and hopefully get a win over the Rockets. Yeah, I think uh, those losses, while they're not great going into the playoffs, I think it's kind of a nice wake-up call sometimes for teams, too, where it's like we got to get some things figured out. They've also had the exact same record three years in a row. (laughs) The exact same standings every time. And also, two playoff experience as well, too. Oh, yeah, those kids have played a lot of playoff football. Will not be afraid of the big lights as well, too. To stay in the eastern suburban as well, too, Cambridge uh, lost to Clinton, a tight battle. Clinton's got some really... uh, you know, tough running, uh, tough running back, and also two big offensive linemen as well That's, too. Yeah, they sure uh, do. Yeah, and so they, uh, that was kind of one of the things Coach Nellis had talked about. You know, hey, sometimes you know we're not that deep on the defensive line, so a little bit easy to kind of get pushed around sometimes. Uh, so Cambridge, unfortunately, now has to go on the road and face a Lancaster team, state ranked, could potentially be undefeated. Uh, very strong running team. Peyton Alvarado has had a really strong year. However, you know, it's one of the things I touched on in the preview. While Lancaster, you're probably looking at all Lancaster success on the ground, you have to look at the Cambridge offense and be like, they're going to put up a battle at least, I feel like. Matt Buckman's third in the state in touchdowns. Trails Drew Cavanaugh as well, too, who's also uh, top three as well, too. And then, you know, they've just been able to find multiple pieces. Uh, Kiefer Parrish has had a strong year. He's starting to receive more attention uh, from defensive uh, coordinators. So Marco Damiani, Cade Nottestead, Drew Holshooter uh, have all had strong years uh, catching the ball as well, too. Um, and then defensively, I feel like if they can hold up on that defensive line, let Aiden Spurley, Holshooter, and uh, Owen Nellis uh, be able to get into the backfield and kind of slow down this run game, I think they have a shot. It's a tough draw, 100%, but like I've seen this Cambridge team, you know, they played play everybody tough they upset marshall on the road so, yep. and like they took waterloo to overtime you know they're not going to back down from a tough uh oh, tough matchup that's okay your <laughs> propel bottle kind of popped Lo- uh, waterloo we- drew Lan- lancaster last year and lost 35 to 0 in level one yeah so we'll have to see what happens <laughs> we'll hope the eastern yeah. suburban can get, <laughs> save some faces here absolutely and so peter you got a minute left but uh the capital conference winning lodi yeah. blue devils rolling into the postseason hot 10-0, uh, they throttled Lake Mills 48 to nothing uh, last week. Maybe uh, that might have been a surprisingly big gap. But, uh, I mean, Lodi's been such a great team all year. Uh, Brady Poles had one of his big, biggest rushing performances of the year, totaling 108 yards on, and two touchdowns on five carries. The teams also must account for Kyler Clemens and quarterback Mason Lane to stop that running game. Uh, and on defense, um, that threesome of uh, Brady Poles uh, let's see. Oh, there we go. Kyler Clemens and Crew Clemens at the linebacking core. Um, tough to tough to um, wrangle those guys and block them. Um, they play Boston, high flying team. Uh, watch out though. Paxton Krugman has four interceptions this year, and the quarterback from Austin has thrown twelve. So uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. All right, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you.